Well, don't everybody start at once. <laughs> well, you're the guy that usually brings us out of the 30-minute theme song. <laughs> uh, we have with us... See, I still can't... We're out of practice. The transitions don't... Here, I'll yeah. do it. You do it. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the episode of Surviving Creativity, and this episode is going to be the tits. <laughs> <laughs> As we talk pornography comics with Brad Geiger and our special guest, Erica Moen. Cue the 30-minute theme song. <laughs> <laughs> that is now the opening. You just recorded the opening. Now, here, I'll record coming back from the opening. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back! We had, uh, when we finished the last season, we had promised that we were going to come back and talk about Brad Geiger's new career in pornographic (laughs) comics. And we thought that the best way to do that would be to talk to uh, someone who is the uh, the the professional of pornographic comics, <laughs> Erica Moen. Hey guys, and she certainly is a, a, a professional. Uh, a, a, she's somebody that I look up to an oh. awful lot when it comes to this. Oh golly, <laughs> she's the boss. Same, yeah. Yeah, oh, guys, thanks. <laughs> it's funny because I don't actually consider what I do to necessarily be porn because I was just going to interject that. I was going to say Erica does not do a porn comic. She does a sex comic. Yeah, I mean, and it's still explicit sex. And I've definitely had people be like, so I read your comic and then I, I rubbed one out or the wife and I got frisky, <laughs> which is great. Like, it's not said in a creepy way. Uh, but when I'm drawing all that explicit sex, like it's very much to illustrate how stuff works. And I'm not drawing it with the intent of being like, you guys are going to love this, you know? Well, and, and so everyone is aware, if, if you aren't uh, familiar with Erica and her work, uh, go check out ojoysextoy.com. And if you're at work, <laughs> don't. Uh, don't. Or make sure to use uh, an incognito window. <laughs> so that you can hide it from your bosses also cover your screen yeah <laughs> um it's a for lack of a better word it's a review comic about uh sex toys and also an educational comic about um uh sort of sex ed and and mm-hmm. and positive sex what's yeah the, what's the terminology what's the best terminology for that uh i say it's a weekly sex education sex positive comic um, I like sex positive. That's good. Yeah. So I, I interview people who work in the sex industry. I review sex toys. My husband reviews sex toys. So you get both the penis and the vulva takes on toys. And uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of sex education. I, I try to talk about STIs and like how you, I don't know, just if it involves your junk, here's how all of that could work. All right, guys. She said... Uh, 
she said half a catchphrase there, and we have to help her find the other half. Wait, what is what? it? If it involves the junk, <laughs> something, 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 something. What rhymes with junk? Like bunk, funk. Oh, this is going nowhere good. Where's Dylan? Yeah, no, it's. I, I went two steps ahead right there with you. <laughs> Further on down the aisle. Oh, I got it. it. Well. I'm right there. I know what word. Mm, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> My favorite tagline for and this was before recording disaster went uncensored as well. But my favorite tagline for that was "You'll laugh your pants off." <laughs> nice. It's such a such a Brad Geiger. Scott Kurtz came up with a, a slogan for Ojoy Sex Toy back when we first launched three years ago, and that was. I was trying to remember it, but what it, was it? It's so good. It's a celebration of fornication. Whoa! Oh, oh, that good. Nice. That is excellent, Scott. How did you do that? I don't remember. <laughs> that was the last good idea I had. That was the, last, the last good one. That was it. That was the last one. I'm glad your sex positive comic is doing well because my sex negative comic is <laughs> floundering. <laughs> I keep drawing the same photo of me crying oh, in a position in the tub. <laughs> and no one's responding to it. <laughs> I read it every week. It's my favorite. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's, just, it's, it's just me in a fetal position in the bathtub <laughs> with water splashing down on and I'm crying. Just uh, yours is oh no, it's sex.com. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> no, it's called damn it, not again. <laughs> uh, so, Erica, tell us about the genesis of Ojoy Sex Toy because prior to this, you uh, for many, many years had done a comic that was a, a favorite of mine oh. called Dar. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I loved it, and it was uh, it was uh, like a semi autobiographical. It was a hundred percent autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that you were posting online, and that's kind of where you got your your uh, my start. voice. Yeah, yeah, your voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, let's see, I I love sharing stories, mm-hmm. and I grew up with different boundaries than normal people. So for me, talking about sex isn't this big taboo thing, which is not always great when I'm in social settings. It's just like, hey, you know, when you queef spunk back out in your partner's face and they're like, what? And I'm like, but that's a funny story. And so I I took that inhibition and I would put it into comics. And I've been doing that since I was about 15 years old. Uh And the genesis of Ojoy Sex Toy actually started 10 years ago when I very first met my husband. Um, He was 19. I was 21. I was having a little uh, European walkabout or whatever, you know, trip that college kids take. And I met Uh him and he'd been reading my comics for years. And I'd done this one comic called Girl Fuck, which tried to illustrate how lesbian sex works because I would get strangers that would come up and ask me these like really deeply personal inappropriate questions and I you know you can be like that's none of your business and shake your fist at them and (laughs) tell them off for being rude but it's also like they're asking because they genuinely can't right comprehend they actually want the information it's and because 
and because they trust you that, that there's a lot of trust that's going on there. Well, no, I mean, this is like strangers off the street and they're just like, yeah. hey, you're a lesbian. How does that work? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like a lot of people were actually being jerks and they right, right, deserve right. to be told off. But they're also asking those questions because they genuinely don't understand. They don't have an idea. So I was like, OK, nobody learns anything when you yell at them. Mm-hmm. Um it's like if there's a kid and he doesn't know how to read a word, you don't say, you idiot. It's pronounced cat. C-A-T, dumbass. <laughs> um, like nobody learns from that. You just you're like, oh, I guess reading's really scary. And so I thought, OK, I'm going to do this really approachable comic that's like, OK, hey, this is how lesbian sex works. Like, let's be really friendly. Let's make jokes. Let's make you feel like you're a part of the conversation. We're laughing with you. We're not mocking you for right. not knowing this stuff. And my husband, well, future husband, had read Girlfuck. And so we were hanging out in England. And he was like, hey, that Girlfuck comic, you should do more comics like that. You you have a knack for explaining sexual stuff in a really friendly, approachable way. Do more of that. And I said, that's a really good idea. And for the next nine years, he kept saying, you should do more of this. And I was like, yep, will do. Great idea. One day. Real great idea. And then in 2013, at the very end of 2012, I went on a reality TV show called Strip Search. Right. And part of my motivation was that I really wanted to talk to Robert Koo, who is the guy who makes Penny Arcade make money. Yeah, he's a business guy there. He is their business guy. And I just, like, I I felt like I sort of knew what I wanted to do with my career, which is do comics full time and have it support me. I didn't really know how to make that jump um, to making that work. Anyway, I just, I figured, like, I want to talk to Robert Koo. And uh, when I finally got, not executed, what do they call it when you kick you off the show? Cut? Cut. Eliminated? Eliminated. eliminated. There we go, yeah. Um, So I I got eliminated, and, like, your reward for getting, making it that far was you can go out to dinner with Robert Koo. And he was like, okay, Erica, anywhere you want to go, where do you want to eat? Dinner's on me. And I was like, Red Robin. So we we go to Red Robin. And I'm telling him, like, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing with my career, blah, 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 blah. And essentially it comes down to, he's like, hey, maybe you should be doing sex education comics. And I was like, oh, that's a really great idea. So I come home and I tell Matt, I'm like, baby, this is it. Breakthrough. I'm going to do comics that talk about sex and explain sex. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, nine years ago, I told you that. Yeah. He was, on the one hand, he's like, I'm glad you finally came to that realization. And on the other hand, God damn it. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I just, I I started drawing comics that try to make, I'm I'm trying to make the comics that I needed when I was first learning about sex. uh, Because I grew up with an extremely sex negative education. I kind of thought all sex was rape. I thought, like, really bad stuff. Right. Um, And then when I started to learn otherwise, it was like, oh my God, did did anybody else know that sex is not supposed to be awful? And so, um, so the comics I'm making now are, like, in my head, I'm sending them back in time to little baby Erica and being like, it's okay. It's funny because uh, as a boy uh, growing up, you know, your exposure to sex that's not coming from uh, a well-educated parental unit or whatever is sort of without fail, especially in the in the 70s, 80s and 90s is going to be 
really bad porn. <laughs> like the internet didn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. So the jokes that kids make today of like the cable guy comes over or the pizza guy comes over or the plumber comes over. <laughs> I was convinced as a child that I wasn't going to have sex unless I went into a technical oh, no. field or was a delivery man. It was sort of like... Man, I really want to have sex. This puberty is kicking in. I gotta, gotta get that job delivering newspapers. I, 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 I gotta learn how to fix TVs. Right? Or else I'm gonna explode over Clearly, here. Clearly, plumbing is where the sex is. Well, and as, as a, a lady being brought up, I I was taught like your virginity is a gift that you give to your husband. Wow. Right. And it only exists for him. There was never any mention of <gasps> yeah. like sex is something you could enjoy yourself right. it's just it's a duty that you serve to your husband oh, and it, it's and and men need it and there's this animal part of them that they can't control and if you're alone in a room with a guy which is also as taught you should never ever ever be alone in a room with any man ever wow it's because they they're not bad people they just can't help it they their animal instinct kicks in and they are going to take sex from you and that's just how that works like wow. that's the sex ed i came with was to be terrified of men <laughs> save your virginity because it's not for you it's for your husband like that's really awful yeah that's really really this, terrible <laughs> i've got to know is this part of like a religious training or was no. this just the way your family uh, it, sent it out my mom is an actual crazy person. I have cut off. All, no, I've, I've cut off all really? contact with her. Yeah, she doesn't know where I live. I um like. Wow. Yeah, no, she's, uh, she's not well, and uh, she was a bad force in my life, and mm. so and since I cut her out, like my life has gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot healthier, and I've gotten my chosen family that I've built up here in Portland, and um mm -hmm. yeah, so so yeah, it wasn't religious. It was just insanity and uh yeah <laughs> it was just clinical wow it was just clinical <laughs> yeah God, that and is... obviously it goes way beyond my mom is crazy it's 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 your mom had a real serious mental uh situation she was uh, oh yeah was i don't say with. crazy yeah. lightly like people are like oh yeah my, my crazy family i'm like no yeah <laughs> I, let me tell you <laughs> about what it's actually like to have an actually crazy parent Oh man! That's anyway, sorry nice. not to bring the room down or anything. Thanks. But that's great. That's, but that's like, and that's where my comic comes from. It's a reaction to the way I was raised. Uh, like, if I had somebody who was just like, "Hey, Erica, here's how sex works," and da 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 da, I wouldn't be acting out the way I am, being like, "Guys, let's talk about sex." <laughs> you know. So there's a silver lining, is what you're saying. Yeah. If if I hadn't but been it's, raised it's the way I was, yeah. Hmm. What I was going to say, it's a super important voice. And the reason why is because my experience growing up was that um, sex was presented to me by my peers. And it was, uh, for boys, it was all wrapped up in status and prowess. Like and whether or not. Right. Like, uh, uh, it was something that you were, you know, kind of a... I mean, frankly, uh, growing up in the 80s, if you hadn't had sex, you were a queer, right? <laughs> you know, honestly, it's like, uh, um, you know, what base have you gotten to and and who's getting laid all the time? And and, uh, you know, and it, and, it, and it got worse in high school and college, but it was always uh, 
this this conquest type of thing that I just didn't was not built that way. I just never yeah. felt that way. And so it always felt like sex just wasn't for me because what I saw was a bunch of guys who were just leaving a wake of terrible feelings and um, upset women, mm. you know, behind them. And it's like, that's what it's all about. And most of my friends in high school and college were girls and I was the friend mm -hmm. and I didn't have a problem with it at all. I'm not saying, oh, they put me in the friend zone. I was very excited. I just, <laughs> I think I identified better with girls. I mm -hmm. just enjoyed their friendship more, but I heard all their stories. Yeah. Mm. And the number one question I always had, <laughs> especially in college when it was me and my my roommate, we were the sex refugee dorm room. <laughs> so it was it was Hey, what's up? Hey, my roommate's fucking some chick, so I got to sit in here. And, and my roommate would always be like, I know one of us isn't fucking someone. They're like, anyway, let me in. <laughs> so, we were the place that everyone went when you went to your door and the signal was on the doorknob that your yeah. roommate was in there fucking. Yeah. It was, let's go to Scott's and Mike Kodala's room because they're not fucking anybody and they've got a Sega Genesis. And we can play Herzog's Vi and it'll be fine <laughs> until my roommate is done banging this chick. So, uh, uh, but but what would happen was we would we would hear the aftermath stories of all these terrible encounters mm -hmm. with these horrible guys. And it wasn't a why are you with all these horrible people when I'm this perfect, sweet guy? It was just yeah. like, but it was more like, why are you meeting people at bars? Why right. are you meeting people at frat houses? Like, it's not like any of them felt violated. It's like, oh, he was a jerk and he doesn't want to see me past the first night. It's like, yeah, no shit. He's a frat guy. Like, it was such a weird game. It just felt like sex was this. Uh, it's either what you saw in the movies where everyone is perfect and it's all staged and it's never going to be that. Mm -hmm. and, and in the movies, no one ever has real sex. And it was so weird because the first time I had real sex, because it's not like if move if sex in the movies was like sex in real life, it would be, you know, Berlin would start playing and then it would be Ooh. all silhouettes. And then Tom Cruise would be like, nah, I got to go piss. Hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> and then she would, and then he would come back and then Berlin would start again. And then drapes would be blowing. And she'd be like, you know what? Grab a towel, grab a towel, grab a towel. <laughs> and, then, and then they'd start and she'd be like, are your socks on? And then they'd laugh. <laughs> like no one laughs during sex. Yeah. In movies. That's it's a, like no one's having a good time. <laughs> when I was doing my autobio comics and I would talk about my, my sexual escapades, they were very much not done to titillate. It was very much like, here's all the hilarious mishaps right. that happened in the bedroom. And I right. very much wanted to portray, like, sex can be very goofy. It can end in calamity. Not in the traumatic kind, but like the mm -hmm. lol kind. <laughs> and uh, and it's full of laughter. Or it can be. Not every single sex thing is full of laughter. But, um, and, and with Oh Joy, I'm also really trying to show people, like, hey, sex is not movie perfect. It's not... It, it doesn't have to be this conquest thing like you're talking about, Scott. It doesn't have to be this performance thing that you have to do for a man like I was grown up with. Uh, it, 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 sex is can be super varied. It's like dancing. There's so many different kinds of dance styles. There's so many different kinds of way to do it. And 
and I just want to help all the little baby Erica's out there who have been told Texas who have been told sex is awful. Like, look, here's here's many different facets of what it can be. What I'm yeah. shocked. Uh, I, I'm shocked there are so few resources for that. Like with the entire internet, it it's mind-boggling to me that there's not more resources for like, hey, look, clearly, twelve to fifteen-year-old kids are hunting down sex online. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody built a site, had really good SEO, and if somebody typed in like how how does sex? Yeah, the first thing that popped up would be a site that is like, hey, look, some people like sex like this, some people don't, some so, people are into this, some people aren't. Those resources do exist. Scarletteeth.com, for oh, sure. example. <laughs> but like you said, the SEO isn't right. There. The SEO is terrible. Right. Um, which is a real shame because there are some really, really good resources out there. And like the Planned Parenthood website is really mm-hmm. good. Scarlet Teen. Uh, there's more. I'm just not. I know there's more too. Scarlet Teen's the only one I know of. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Scarlet Teen is incredible. It is yeah, so thorough. It is the best resource. It's just Scarlet Teen. Is it org or com? Oh, I thought it was com. It might be .org. If you but just, just Google Scarlet Teen mm-hmm. and you'll get plenty of resources. And, uh, and it's fantastic. Uh, I just wish that it were the first thing that came up when people Googled sex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I'm fascinated by is the number of people uh, that I know, particularly men, who are having a sexual revolution in, in their 30s and 40s. Really? Yeah, because remember, <laughs> we grew up pretty... I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm not talking about you specifically. But I know, Scott, one of them, but I know a lot of people <laughs> who, like me, had no internet growing mm-hmm. up. So we didn't have, like, remember, we're the last generation that didn't have the internet when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Not until we were a little bit older, we grew up with the internet. So for us, we didn't have necessarily the access to learn about sex. So mm-hmm. we're, in a way, sexually stunted compared to millennials and beyond who always had internet like if anything you wanted to know you could just go look it up well and there's a double-edged sword to that edge blade whatever sorry uh because these kids go and they can see hardcore pornography and mind you i am a fan of pornography i'm not anti-porn however the great majority of porn you're going to stumble upon is uh, a Dan Savage calls it kabuki sex. Right. It's uh, mm. it's per, it's extreme performance. Right. It's not what you want to watch and be like, okay, that's how sex is going to work. Well, I'm, I'm going to go try that. Yeah. It's no, where it, all it's where all the fun names like fish hooks and donkey punch oh, come from. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, to me, it's like watching Star Wars and being like, okay, now I know how to be a pilot. And you're like, no, sweetie, that that is not a basis for how to learn how to be a pilot. Um, so it's also. Like, I was like watching so, Top Gun and being so, like, I know how to fly an F-15. Yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, it's a great thing to watch. It's entertainment. It can get your juices flowing. But, oh, God, please don't base your sex life on that. Right. Um, so, I mean, and yeah, obviously I was talking are... with a friend about about porn because I've no, I, until recently, I didn't really get into it a whole lot. Now I'm super into it. <laughs> uh, uh, but the subject of do you have a favorite like – pornographer and uh like someone you keep going back to and i'm like yes i have one of those now Mm. and they're like oh what's her name or what's his name and i'm like oh i'm not gonna tell you what her name is i don't want you to know and they're like why what's so embarrassing about it and i go no it's just that the reason why i stumbled across this person 
and she orgasms just like my wife. Oh. <gasps> and it's it's the <laughs> only real <laughs> orgasm that I am buying because everyone else, I'm like, like you're like, okay, she's gonna come. This is awesome. Then it's like, oh, she is not. That's not. No one comes like that. <laughs> What wow, you and I watch porn completely differently. <laughs> it takes me out of it, Brad. I just want to talk about this because she's gonna I come. Know. She's going to come. Now she's screaming like she's had a hot poker stuck up her ass. That's not how women come. <laughs> and then Scott, I realized so I've, only, I've only, well, I've only, see, this is, this is what sucks, right? Because guys like talking about pussy, but I can't because like, most guys can go, well, this one time I was with this girl. And then I go, yeah, I, one time. And they're like, no, shut up. Because they all know Angela and they know I've only been with one girl. <laughs> so there is no one time with this chick. Yeah. Her name was Shmangela. Shmangela. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wanted to uh, talk about porn, too, because I've found, again, now that I have the internet and it's amazing that uh, you can have a very specific taste and I'm not talking about like kink. I just mean like a, you, I can only, I'm only into certain kinds of porn, very specific mm -hmm. kinds of porn. Yeah. And I'm, and I thought that was a me thing, but now I know that it's an everybody thing. Yeah. Everyone I know is like, like Scott was just saying, like, I can't watch this porn because at the end when the girl comes, it's clearly fake. Mm -hmm. Like that's not real. I get that, Scott. I understand. I'm glad you get it. It's like ice cream. Everybody's got their flavors that they're really particular to, and yeah. stuff that like, oh, I would not eat that yeah. flavor. For so. me, it has to be <laughs> uh, two people, non-voyeur, who are actually in love, having fun, like intentionally recording themselves to share. Have you seen MakeLoveNotPorn.com? Of course. Okay. All yeah. right. Just that's just the good stuff. Sure. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm writing, I'm writing I, a Scott's lot. writing this down. <laughs> I, I disagree with the name because actually... it makes it sound like, oh, porn is bad. Don't right, make right, porn. Right. But uh, name aside, like it, yeah. it's very much advertises itself as these are real couples having real sex. And I think. Blah, blah. I think for me, it's the reason why that's my thing is that it's the anti anti-porn that I grew up with pre-internet where you'd be at a flea market and your buddy would be like, I just found this in the 50 cent bin and there's a, look, it's a Star yeah. Wars but on the side, it's a porno. <laughs> and then you get home and it's like some German guy walks in, I'm here to fix the cabola. And it's like, oh, it's right behind this television. And he goes, yeah, I'll just bend over and I'll fix it for you. That's I need to lay some husband. new cable. At some point, we should talk about how making porn comics is is the challenges of that but i have one more porn story okay. <laughs> we, we were need a new segment about, of the show called porn stories well, we were talking about porn in the virtual office and i was like you know what i sometimes they spend too much time on the guy and it takes me out of it but uh, but recently i've caught myself enjoying porn where guys just jerk off hmm. and then dylan goes oh well that's a that's a um lizard brain thing you find it as a challenge and so you want to get aroused to be more aroused and i'm like please don't take this from me i'm feeling very enlightened <laughs> stop looking at me over your glasses and let me enjoy this moment where i'm a whole person for a second and i'm and i'm very enlightened and 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 liberal 
I want to know what Brad's porn flavor is because we're doing everybody's porn oh, flavor now. So now we got to be Brad's Erica's. And Brad is the most I'm so most golly G Midwestern. <laughs> don't talk about it. Well, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to know. But I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Oh, I don't want to know Brad's porn flavor. You can guess. I'm so transparent. I I I, I completely every time fall for large breasts. I like big tits. <laughs> That's all I'm about. <laughs> This is the whole universe. That's, that's the whole. Yeah, no, I just I like I like I like curves. I like a, you know I'm not into the skinny svelte thing. And you stay and away from my I, wife, I, Brad Geiger. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, it could be just about anything. I don't care about the theme. I don't care about the lighting. Uh, I I just I just need two things. <laughs> Boy, right. that joke, that <laughs> joke fucking right. Is one of them your hand? <laughs> What's your porn flavor, Erica? Uh, I like, uh, no, actually, I don't want to say. Okay. <laughs> so, porn comics. Yes. <laughs> the reason why this came up is because Brad Geiger uh, had always drawn a one panel strip called according disaster which i which i feel like was kind of your homage to the old dean yangle stuff right brad absolutely absolutely the, who was who was the uh artist for playboy magazine when playboy had a magazine uh years ago and now i think they're still posting some of the stuff online but you had always kind of done these sort of like tiptoeing around the subject of sex and i think finally scott and i had enough and we were like you know what dude just we need some TNA. Just according well, disaster according needs to, to go all the way. According disaster was originally uh, something that I did for the Philadelphia Daily News to accompany their sex advice column. So it had to stay within a certain parameter. And uh, the, only, the only thing I worked out with them is I said any the columnists any words or concepts they use in their column. I get to use in the comic. You know, I don't want there to be a double standard just because it's a mm. cartoon. And uh, and they were really good about that. But obviously, there couldn't be any nudity or, or anything like that. So uh, what finally happened uh, last year, midway through the year, is <laughs> and, and it really came about through uh, financial, uh, uh, really serious financial uh, problems caused by the fact that ad blockers had really crippled my ability to make money. And I was I was looking at some pretty dire forecasts and I saw some people doing uh, not safe for work comics as part of their Patreon. So I call up one of them. Uh, the guy's name is John Wigger. He does a, a comic called Zombie Rumi that I was familiar with. Super nice guy. I've seen him at a hundred conventions. He always uh, was offering to teach me manga studio, uh, and so I felt comfortable uh, calling him up because I had his card. And uh, I said, "Okay, walk me through what you're doing." And uh, and and he kind of gave me the ropes on on how he was handling this. And so I put it up. Now I had been doing a Patreon uh, for the previous seven or eight months, and I had plateaued at a certain certain number for about seven of those months. And I put it out to my readers: Hey, what do you think if I did one not safe for work comic strip a, a, a month, just an extra strip once a month that was not safe for work? 
and by I, I think I might have posted one proof of concept strip I, I and it might have just been a sketch by the end of the month my patreon had tripled wow nice and so obviously I went from that into doing a you know that and 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 took uh, according disaster took that concept and uh, did it to the fullest ex- extent of what it should have been done and the patreon uh, I think doubled after that I mean or, or it went up exponentially after that it just went up by these huge leaps so for me patreon was a way for my readers after 15 years to tell me what they always wanted me to be doing because i had put out uh uh different uh patreon rewards and milestones i'd I'll do this uh, comic i'll do these single po- uh, panel bonus comics i'll do this i'll do that nothing but I, as soon as i said hey i'll do not safe for work stuff uh it was through the roof hmm. so uh, I, I talked to Phil Folio uh, at the beginning of 2015, and I said that I was kind of uh, wrestling with this. And and he really, I, I really wanted to talk to him about it. He gave me a lot of encouragement and, you know, kind of like kinda in, in that fatherly way, assured me because the one thing I didn't say while we were talking about porn is that I grew up very, very Catholic, like super Catholic. Like every time I touched myself, I had to apologize to God Catholic, <laughs> which as, as you might imagine, made my teenage years absolutely torture. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had to have somebody tell me that it didn't make me a bad person. I, it, 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 Scott can tell you, I didn't let him see this stuff for the first several months. I didn't even tell him I was I think doing I it. And, and saw it. Yeah. I yeah. still haven't seen any of it. What? I, I know, right? <laughs> there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's because it, when I talk about this stuff, I, I've I've realized that my spirit animal ha- is Harvey Dent because I will tell you in one breath that it's the strongest work I've ever done, that it's the best, hands down, best writing, best art I've ever done. And I will tell you in the next breath that I'm completely mortified oh. <laughs> and absolutely embarrassed by it. Uh, but, and, 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 and I, I mean both those sincerely. Uh, so I, I, I go back, back and forth, but the one thing that I did want to do once I saw that this was going to be a thing is that I, I didn't want to just do a strip. I started doing longer stories and, and that gave me a chance to, to really kind of stretch my muscles. And <laughs> there we go. See, that's the other good thing about porn is it, it, it opens up a long list of, of new great sexual puns. I know, uh, right? And with Brad. As, Brad. as you well know. <laughs> and, that, and that list is long and hard to beat. Oh! But, <laughs> Hard to beat. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even mean to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, (laughs) but I'm telling you. uh, So I'm doing these long. I'm doing Evil Ink After Dark, which are these longer stories, and I'm doing Courting Disaster, which are these one shots. And I'm having the time of my life. and, And obviously, it's been it's turned things around big time. Uh, for my business, uh, things are. It, this is the, w- without a doubt, the the most 
the strongest received thing I've done since the webcomics handbook, which was mm. which was a very big thing. What I think is uh, important but, to note in that story is that your audience wanted you to do it. Oh yeah. Like I and think they, that's the that's the key there. I think if anybody just said, I'm just gonna do porn tomorrow, I think they would probably make more money because porn. But I think that the key to your success is that you would always kind of skirted the edges of pornographic. You'd always made the bad puns. You'd always have oh, yeah. corny disaster. And I think that your audience was just ready for you to have your characters get naked and screwed. It was, it was 15 years of foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it, it, I mean, you're right. It was because it, it, evil ink always, there was always a lot of cleavage. There was always a lot of uh, double entendre and innuendo and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, but, it, it, but see, I was comfortable with that because I could always back off and say, well, you're the one with the dirty mind because <laughs> you, you know, I, you know that that old joke about the guy who gives the the psychiatrist that gives the guy Rorschach test, <laughs> and first he sees a cock, and then he sees tits, and and the guy and the physician says you've got a dirty mind, and the patient says, well, you're the one with the dirty pictures. Uh, that I could always do that when it came to this, you know. Well, you're you're clearly reading something into that. But uh, but then to go, uh, you know, full bore, uh, I, I'm telling you, I went back and forth an awful lot about it. But mm. but at the same time, the more I did it, the stronger response I got. And it was like, hey, you know, <laughs> I, I, this is this is obviously something that is uh, that is working. And, you know, you after uh, after doing anything independent, I had long since left my day job. And I'd gotten very much into a if it works, then do it kind of zone. And and so here I am, you know, So both of you talk about the uh, talk about the difficulty in the fact that the numbers and the response and the monetization show that a large number of people want this content. But at the same time, it's something that. You can't share openly with everyone just because of the content or because of an embarrassment uh, factor. And, and the it's fact hard to monetize. What? And the fact that so many. You can't just slap it uh, Yeah, that so many avenues of monetization aren't open to you because it's adult content. Yeah. Okay, right. Like, that's obviously. True. People like want obviously, to pay for sex. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's the institutions that make it difficult to have the transaction. Hmm. Well, now it, something I've wanted to add that piggybacks on what Scott said. When you're mailing these uh, uh, printed editions, you you do these Kickstarters. They mm -hmm. go over great guns. You're mailing this out. Is there any? Do you ever have any problems uh, uh, mailing that stuff across state lines? Because when I first started getting into this, I started looking it up, and there are still laws on the books about. Uh, using the U.S. Postal Service to send adult material across state lines. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I found. Not uh, to mention sending to Canada, like a Canadian a Canadian border official or or a customs could technically open one of your packages, see porn, and then just toss it. 
Okay, with international lines, I'm always just kind of holding my breath and hoping. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's a very real risk. If you didn't know about state lines. Uh, I, don't, I think it's the kind of state laws that are on the book that they don't do anything with, but they could. Yeah, isn't there like a law in one of those funny little states that's like, no monsters are allowed to cross into the city? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like every every person in every state just nodded and like, yeah, that's my city. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have definitely had problems not so much with the shipping but uh getting books printed like back for the dar books which again are not sexy they mm. are not pornographic you see some boobs you see a wang here or there but like it is nothing you want to touch yourself to while you're looking at it right and i my very first self-publishing run i was working with uh god what company was that i don't remember They're, they've gone out of business anyway but they were a big one and they did a lot of books and they had published porn comics before like right. it was something mm-hmm. they did and it was an international company and they're based in canada anyway and they had branches here in the u.s and so i had and it paid. wasn't transcontinental it was the competitor for transcontinental. oh Keb- Yes. Yeah, Kebacor or yeah. Lebon Fawn, but I think Lebon Fawn still exists. Okay, I think it was Kebacor. Kebacor, okay. Okay, yeah, it was Kebacor. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I had paid them. I had given them my files, and then literally one week before I was supposed to have a thousand books show up on my doorstep, Ooh. I get an email from my, my contact there. It's like, okay, so even though we don't actually have any rules against your content, the plant that we sent the order to is declining to print it. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. And they're like, don't panic. I'm going to send it to another one. And this is in the U.S. And we're going to send it to another U.S. branch. That U.S. branch also declined to print it, which I guess they just have the option of doing. Yeah. Um, yeah anybody does, technically. I mean, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like having a McDonald's and, yeah. and, you know, just like, oh, well, this McDonald's is declining to serve you. Even though we don't have a policy wow. against you officially, yeah. they decline. That is technically something someone can do in the United States. They can decline to Ugh. serve people. That's Bullshit. their thing. Well, so then the print run had to go and be done in Canada, which jacked up the price of shipping it. and da, da, da. So, like, it wound up costing a lot more than yeah. it was. I was originally quoted. And I'd already paid them, like, everything else up front and oh it was it was a really so you already had money tied up in this it's not like you could say okay screw you i'm gonna take my business to this other company Mm -hmm. you've already got money down on the barrel head yeah and i had already like i'd lined up a book release thing and i was gonna take it to these conventions and i had given myself padded room but this annihilated it so i i didn't have a book for a bunch of this stuff because of prudes just declining to print it um, so that was Dar. And then with uh, Ojoy, the printer I'm working with now, the first time through, no problem. Nothing was mentioned about the content. For the second volume, I went back to the same guy and he's like, okay, so technically we're not supposed to do this. Don't worry. I'm going to reroute it through this other thing and it's still going to get done. And it did get done and it wasn't really a problem. But I guess like on his end, he had to do a little sleight of hand right. thing. Uh, But yeah, that's been okay. Although, uh, (laughs) speaking of troubles, the first fulfillment company that Matt and I used to do the Kickstarter, Mm I had given them my business name on all the paperwork, which is Eric Moen Comics and Illustration, comma, LLC, which is awful. I know. I I, I panicked (laughs) when I was filling out that form. Anyway, and I 
didn't it did, I didn't even think about what they'd put on the return address, but just casually you'd kind of assume like, oh well they'd they put your business name, wouldn't they? No. Mm-hmm. They put Ojoy Sex Toy on the return label to everybody's Uh-oh. package. And people had those packages sent to their work. People oh, who lived no. at home with their parents had it oh. sent to their house. And we didn't get any angry emails. We did get emails that was like, guys. Come yeah. on. Yeah, like, yeah. We had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> oh, boy. How could we have predicted that? But yeah. Interesting. It's interesting. There's so many new complications when you do something like Because I know when you guys first started the website, we had talked about, you know, advertising obviously is, is a monetization method that everybody wants to take advantage of, at least now, until ads magically go away one day, please please God, <laughs> let us live without ads. But uh, at the time, it was like you guys couldn't find uh, an advertising partner mm. um, because it was like, well, what ads are we going to put on the site? How are we going to... And many, many companies were like, yeah, we're not going to publish ads through your site because mm-hmm. of the content on the site. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, I know it took a while to find that. Um, Even Dar has gotten in trouble with Google ads. And again, oh, Dar is not porn. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've we've gotten some emails from Google being like, hey, you've got some inappropriate content on here. <laughs> wow. So, yes, technically. Yeah. It's a booby. That's crazy. <laughs> when I used to work uh, in print comics, I always used to joke, people, we were in market, I was in marketing, and it was like, you're trying to sell these books, and every now and then you'd get a, a shop or a bookseller that would start asking you pointed questions about, usually about sexuality Mm -hmm. and it and it would be you know is there a nipple in this or how much leg does that show or how much of this butt can we see that kind of thing and uh i always used to joke with my team that you can cut off someone's head Mm -hmm. and shit down their throat yep but you can't show a nipple Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you can't do it yep don't don't do that nope not okay (laughs) but if you you know if you want to like uh and there's a hellblazer comic where you shoot somebody in the head and then skull fucks him literally (gasps) That's okay. Oh. Because you don't see his cock. <laughs> but, but see a nipple and no, yeah. no good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's because America was colonized by Puritans and that's left Damn over. Puritans. Yeah, right? It's so weird. Like, I grew up, I grew up with a German father and a mother who's a second generation Italian immigrant. So I grew up being raised by Europeans and my dad. Uh, spoke a second language. My mom spoke what she said was the Italian version of Spanglish. It was like a mix of Italian and English. Mm-hmm. But my dad is super into crossword puzzles. And he mm-hmm. would get the newsstand, looked like a Reader's Digest, but it was just every page was a crossword puzzle to do. And there was always a blue Pentel mechanical pencil and a crossword puzzle book next to his chair in the living room always and um his mother and father would send him german ones uh Hmm. so he could do crosswords in german as well i grew up with photos of topless women on the beach my whole (laughs) life because in america every crossword digest says crosswords fun amazing puzzles every european crossword digest book says crosswords and has a picture for no reason of like a bo derrick woman running down the beach with no problem she's <laughs> a topless woman she's yeah, a topless woman and i would always say to my dad it just never ever occurred to us 
that it was out of place or weird <laughs> ever to me and my brother. And we were discussing it one time and we we're like, Brian's like, what were those books that always had a topless <laughs> woman on it? And dad goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and I go, oh, those were his crossword books. And Brian goes, that was for crosswords? <laughs> and dad goes, oh yeah, I guess they do have pictures of of naked women on them. Well, they're not naked though. And I go, no. And he goes, they're in bikinis. And I go, most of them were topless, dad. Yeah, I, I go. You probably didn't notice because you were an adult, but the kid we noticed, you know. And <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, I guess so. And it, we we laughed about how in Europe it's just, no one gives a shit. Yeah, just yeah. nobody gives a shit. And um, I think there's good and bad things to that. Like I think it's good on one hand, but on the other hand, I think it might lead towards more objectifying. It also might lead toward things like, well, uh, there's been no women in the history of comics. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only women in comics are on the I cover don't of understand. Books. <laughs> women are for the cover of the crosswords, no? <laughs> um, they, don't they have awards for that? <laughs> but it's just, it's just. Um, you know, I, I, the older I get, the more I lament that we don't have the comic industry of Europe mm. or Japan. Yeah. It would be so much better for all of us if people looked at comics here the same way they looked at them in overseas, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's and every time I, And every time I say to Corey, Jesus, just try to get over there. And he's like, oh, no, they won't let us. They won't work. <laughs> Like every time I'm like, well, Japan's so great for comics. Let's give our comics in Japan. He goes, no, you can't get in. Yeah. It's a, it's a tight knit community, even though, and it's huge. So you're one among many. So you're not, you know, you're making, you might be making a living, but you're scraping by, you're living on the bottom end of the barrel. Um, Well, I want to say before I lose my nerve, uh, how much I really appreciate Erica and her work um, because it really, really helped me through an awkward time because uh, I was born with a malfunctioning hypothalamus gland and I never really went through 100% puberty. I guess uh, I went through a kind of half of it according to my doctors. Like I kind of went through it, but not really, mm-hmm. certainly not as intensely as, uh, as any of my friends. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s and I met doctors that weren't Texans that actually knew medicine <laughs> and, and um, <laughs> weren't backwater idiots who said, you, for your health, should probably have the right amount of testosterone in your body uh, for, like, your bones and your organs and shit. Mm-hmm. And so we have this amazing thing called a needle uh, that will put testosterone into your bloodstream and you should start doing that. And so at 44, for the first time, despite having been on synthetic testosterone therapy from my Texas doctors in the past, I had the right amount of hormones in my body and it did great things for my health, but it also made me go through for real Z puberty at fucking 44. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Going through puberty at 44 makes you feel like a fucking asshole. (laughs) You feel like a total fucking asshole. Wow. How how so? Uh, 
I have always been very smug and proud of myself mm-hmm. for being a guy who wasn't led by his dick. <laughs> and I always assumed it was because I just was mentally superior to all the <laughs> But it actually was because I had the advantage of low testosterone. Mm-hmm. And when you actually have the right amount of testosterone in your body and your dick and your balls go, Hello, brain. <laughs> we're Get gonna be ready. We're gonna be driving the ship for the yeah. next fifteen to twenty minutes. We're gonna be yes. We're gonna be we're gonna be driving this ship for a little bit. And your wife says things like, "Whoa, you're hurting me." Oh, hold on, a second, tiger. Like, and then you realize your brain goes, "Why are you squeezing her tits so hard? What are you doing?" And your dick and balls go, "Shut up!" If we don't squeeze it this hard, we all die. So strap in. Because we're going to fucking squeeze this tit until it pops, and then we're going to punch a hole through the drywall with our forehead, and then we're going to scream a Wookiee celebratory victory cry and just throw Frisbees. You know, it's like it's like when your brain goes, uh, you know, you have a wonderful wife there, and you've really built an amazing life together. Fantastic part. The fact that you guys can just know each other so well, and it's almost like uh, you become one person when you're making love, and then all of a sudden your dick goes, come on our tits! <laughs> and, you, and your brain goes, whoa, who was that? <laughs> and then your brain goes, your brain goes, anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> you love her, and it's like it's like you're mentally connected. It's like Jean Grey and Scott Summers with their psychic rapport, and then your dick goes, come in her hair and make her... <laughs> If she tries to get out of bed, slap her. You sleep that way. You sleep that way. Whoa! What the fuck is happening? And it's like, <laughs> you don't like yourself. You're oh. like, now you don't act on it, but it's just like, where did that and, come yeah. from? And, what the and, you're, and you're obviously exaggerating for humorous effect, obviously. You think? <laughs> I guess I do have to say that these days. Yeah, well, yeah, you do. I'm going to get swatted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's just it's just that weird uh, testosterone voice that makes you realize why all your friends were dicks when they were sixteen years old, why they were all <laughs> yeah. assholes. But it's like you you um, going through puberty at forty four, you just kind of feel like a sexual deviant suddenly. And I just read the entire archives of mm. Joy Sex Toy. Oh wow! And it was and it was like I'm just every one I read made me feel better and better and huh. better. And it was like, you always start your uh, your comic with, hello, perverts. And I'm like, yes, I need this. I am a pervert. <laughs> What's wrong with me? But then at the end, it's like, oh, no, this is <laughs> – it's all good. It's all good. Anyway, it just was so positive, mm. and it just made me feel – and I, what I really like about the comic is how um, most uh, pornography and sex stuff – involve people that aren't my shape in any way or form mm-hmm. like and it's fine i'm fine with that but uh uh you have all shapes all sizes all colors all combinations uh you really go out of your way to show that and i think i think that is 
probably the greatest gift of your comic, in my opinion. It really, really is, um, I think, an amazing uh, resource, not just for, uh, you know, for the sex positive stuff, but just for personal acceptance stuff like, oh, yeah, there are more people out there that are like me. Yeah, like, this it's is just, okay. It's just, yeah, it's okay. It's like, oh, well, here's what I, th- like, in this comic, there's someone who's might be a girl but has a dick and then a <laughs> black guy with... I think that's good. It doesn't matter. They love each other and they're having so much fun. <laughs> so, uh, no, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's the opposite of, of, you know, like Dan Savage has the Kabuki stuff. I just, I think it's an amazing, uh, piece of art. I just really am very, very impressed with it. And it was, it really saved my bacon mentally. Um, it was right there at the right time, so I really appreciate it. Oh, Jesus And I know Christ. you said, I know you were like, hey, you should make a comic about it, and I'll post it. I was like, I'm still like, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about it on a podcast that not many people listen to. But. <laughs> Erica, you mentioned somewhere online why you use perverts uh, as uh, when you're uh, talking to your readers, uh, and I found it fascinating. Yeah, uh, well, okay, before I go into that, Scott, thank you so much. That means the absolute world to me. And I got goosebumps and that, I don't know, my heart feels really warm. So um, I'm, oh, I, I really, really appreciate that. I think, well, that's I, the appreciate... Most, I think that's the most Scott has tripped over his words trying to say something <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay, and moving on. <laughs> Feelings are over. Uh, yeah, so in my comic, I do like to call everybody my dearest perverts. And uh, I I thought people would get that that's kind of like, oh, teehee, like funsies. Yeah, we're right, all perverts right. together. But there's people who are like, how can Eric Moen call people? Who would read a comic where you're addressed as a pervert? I'm very upset. Did you know pervert is a shaming word? Um, oh. Which is super fun. Uh, to me, though, when when I was having my, my sexual awakening, uh, I everybody is into something sexual every sexual person there are asexuals and people have no interest in sex da, 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 da. but everybody who does have an interest in sex to somebody else who also has an interest in sex they're going to think that first person's desires are weird they're just right. fundamentally mm-hmm. not going to relate i mean just like how everybody has different porn tastes yeah and um and so to me everybody is a pervert to somebody else. So it kind of like unifies us all. We are all perverts to somebody else. So when you say dearest pervert, to me, that's shorthand for saying, hey, everybody who has an interest in sex and you're all different, let's talk about this subject. Um, So that's that's what I mean by dearest pervert. That's cool. I like that. That's good. I do too. It's like our argument about uh, vanilla ice cream versus plain ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never heard about plain ice cream before. Have you heard about plain ice cream? Is that just vanilla? No. Oh, no. It's just ice cream with no flavor in it. What? It's also called bad ice cream. It's not (laughs) bad. It's good. It just tastes like ice cream. Is that just ice? It's eggs, milk, and sugar. It's ice cream. That could be okay. Yeah, okay. It tastes very, very very milky. Yeah, it just tastes like like thick, milky, custardy kind of. Okay. Yeah, I can picture yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
Good it's talk. Funny. <laughs> Good talk, bro. Good story, bro. <laughs> Scott, it's funny. Cue the thirty-minute outro. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I want to ask Erica about, uh, like you said, some people were really upset about you using the term pervert, and it's like <laughs> obviously if you're going to be putting this content up, and I wanted to ask you too, Brad. Uh, I'm sure you get a fair share of your comic is the worst yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brad, do you get that yet? I have not. You know what? I have not gotten a lot of negative pushback. And part of that is because everybody who's to your reading it, yeah, yeah. They, they've, had to, they, they've paid for it. And the biggest pushback I get is when they – uh, pledge and then they immediately cancel their pledge. Oh, and, and even then, I think about I, I, a healthy percent of that are people who are trying to game the system and, and, and stuff like that. They're trying to get you know free porn. Uh, but I'm sure there's a certain number of them that are doing that because they, they came in, wasn't what they were expecting for one reason or another, and, and left. Uh, but I, bet I, the, 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 I, I got one uh email that was really really uh difficult because i i i know this person as a fan i know this person as a reader uh and, and i've seen this person at comic conventions super supportive super in all capital letters supportive mm -hmm. and uh and she said i gotta tell you you are always talking about Patreon and it makes me really, really uncomfortable. And it, she took a lot, she said it in a lot better language than that, but it, mm -hmm. it would take a long time to give you all the nuance. Sure, sure. Uh, but she said, you know, every time you're, you're always talking about this on Twitter, on your site, it's the only thing you can talk about. And it makes me really super uncomfortable. And, you know, I, I and, and I just I, I, I got to say it. And so I, I, I wrote her back and I said, yeah, I know, because every time I post about it, I get a, a couple of new patrons. I mean, it's it's chartable when I mm -hmm. when I post new not safe for work stuff, I get more people and I have a pretty good average of keeping them on with the content that I put up. So I've got to talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know if you're not grooving on this, then it's it's and, and worse yet, if it if you find it uh, disquieting, then it's I get it. It's probably uh and not something that you look forward to every day i said but listen i gotta keep doing this I, this yeah. is mm -hmm. this is the business that i'm in and uh you know as for you uh you know it, it, this is something that also you can proactively handle as well you i would i will not feel bad if you unfollow me on twitter Mm -hmm. I will not feel bad if you unfollow me on Facebook or my other social media. And as far as the comic goes, that all that stuff always happens in the blog. You don't have to scroll down. You know I'm going to talk about it in the blog. Don't scroll down there. <laughs> you know? just Or, or read, like, read the comic through like Comic Chameleon app that you just get the comic and I endorse it. You know, I, I, I mm -hmm. give them the comic or buy the book. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can avoid this. Mm -hmm. But there is no way that I can avoid promoting right. this you thing. have to yeah, yeah. This is the, i know that this my is the franchise mentions now. makes you uncomfortable but you know what makes me uncomfortable poverty <laughs> so. <laughs> well, so what always surprises me is that i have made a career 
showing graphic stuff mm-hmm. um, and in a very fun, tongue-in-cheek kind of way. And I continue to this day, even though the last three years, my entire life has been, I draw explicit sex. Right. I get people on Twitter that say, oh, hey, could you warn that that link is not safe for work? Ugh. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> um, and, and when I post, uh, I'll post preview pictures and there'll be tits or wangs in them because that's kind of my brand. And people are like, yeah. oh, uh, hey, can you can you make your Twitter not safe for work entirely so those pictures don't show up? And it's like, but then none of my pictures show up for anybody. Right. Unfollow me. It's such yeah. a... One thing I, I, before we get too much further, one thing I do want to say because uh, this person person was so nice is this 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 letter writer this email writer that contacted me when i when i wrote my response took the time to write back and was super understanding uh it, it remains a super uh, strong report a supporter of the strip and had a bunch of really nice things to say mm-hmm. so if that's i i mean i i, I know a little bit about uh, your history erica that if, if that's the worst <laughs> thing that 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 i ever deal with uh, i won't have dealt with uh, you know a half of the <laughs> oh you mean nobody's trying to I'm, protest I'm sure. you attending an event where you're supposed to be a special guest because <laughs> no. i have and you know what and, and you know like... what eric if that happened to me i'd crawl under my bed and never come out you yeah, you, you're you so got tough for putting 10 up times not... the fucking no, bravery that I in your little finger because no. it would I, I, it destroy me let, let me tell you a thing about bravery that's when you evaluate a situation you say that is a dangerous situation there will be costs to me if I enter that situation and you decide worth it gonna do it that's bravery what I did was just stupidity <laughs> I, I did not see the consequences because to me again I have very different boundaries for different reasons, and I, uh, oh, sorry to get all, I'm, I am not neurotypical, which means my brain is wired differently, and mm-hmm. I'm, as I'm entering my 30s, I'm beginning to fully realize how that really affects me and makes me have difficulty functioning in this world. Um, and so to me, I see all this sex stuff, and it's just conversational. It's just something to talk about. It's just funny. Like, I'm going to share a funny story. Right. And I fundamentally did not foresee people taking issue with that sweet, naive little me. So when it did start up, I I was blindsided, did not see it come at all. I mean, to me, it's really? like talking about a sandwich and people have opinions on sandwiches. They're really <laughs> mad at me because I like this kind of sandwich. And um, but then, like, it's it's the only thing I know how to do. Right. I and you can see my Google history. I'm unemployable at this point. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so, like, I love this that someone's is unemployable thing. by their Google history. <laughs> or, you know, Google search results. Right, exactly, um, exactly. No, who the fuck would hire me? I, right. I'm naked on the internet. I have comics talking about butt stuff. Like, who would have me as an employee? Seriously. What I found interesting when you started Ojoy Sex Toy was the amount of positive reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, I, w- I I know you've gotten a little bit of flack, uh, <laughs> but what you're going to get, I mean, that's, anybody doing this stuff is going to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're doing it, you know, openly and publicly. Like, Brad has the advantage of being uh, shielded in, in a regard by his paywall with yeah, Patreon. His is your stuff is just out there. Mine's yeah. out there, yeah. Uh, but I think that there's been an overwhelmingly positive response. Yes, yes. Like 90%, and it's wonderful, yeah. and it's beautiful, and, and I, I really appreciate it. I think that almost all of that is because it's, it's to use your terminology, it's sex positive, it's um, 
educational for the most part. I mean, it, more than half of it is just reviews of various text, sex toys. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, those rev- the reviews of those sex toys are telling us things about how people interact with one another sexually. Mm-hmm. That's it's such a delicate balance to get to. It's like, hey, here's this sex toy, and this is how I feel about it, and this is a thing. Uh, you know, but at the same token, I don't like it or whatever. The your most recent one with that weird tiny, the Eva. tiny yeah, the Eva. <laughs> Did you guys see the most recent huh. Ojoy sex toy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a vibrator, like the size of a quarter, right? Uh, it's tiny. Like, yeah, like this big. How big is that? Okay, so like a silver dollar. Yeah. It's big, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what a silver dollar is. <laughs> Damn it. I'm old. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's supposed to attach to your vola. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. I I know from personal experience, being young Corey, young naive Corey, uh, I know now lots of vulvas are different. Mm-hmm. There's all <laughs> kinds of different stuff, right? Yep. What's that like? Brad's losing it. Uh, But the beauty of that comic is it teaches a reader that without explicitly saying, hey, there's all this different thing. There's all this different kind of architecture out there when it comes to ladies' lower bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's funny because I didn't even think of that as being an educational thing. I but just it was. It thought totally of it was. like covering my bases thing. But mm-hmm. right, uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's cool. cool. Um, and I know that there are uh, different opinions on it. I know that there are uh, you know certain surgeries you can have mm-hmm. to do things to your lower bits, and then mm-hmm. bad idea, uh, well, you know, or maybe good idea if that's your thing. I don't know, but uh, I just it just covered it so well without oh. actually being like. Here's a whole educational comic about how, you know, below the waist stuff is all different on every person always. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that wasn't even your intention. It just happened. You're like, well, I just have to. Talk well, because about if it. I, it just uh, uh, so in the for the purpose of the comic, I I do try to really include a wide variety of bodies, right? Especially bodies that don't get a lot of airtime in mm-hmm. our mainstream media of people who are sexual and when i just draw one vulva example uh i i you know i want to make sure that people who don't have a vulva that looks like that be like hey just because you're not seeing yours here like yours is still okay your yours is still fine yeah, right. um because if i don't then i'll probably get an email that's like um you didn't address my vulva specifically and i'm really offended <laughs> as one of your hundred thousand readers yeah. today my vulva was not covered yeah i can get those because it's all <laughs> the fun thing about having my business be all sex related now is that every porn i buy every sex toy that i still wind up buying even though i get all these free ones uh they all get written off on my taxes they're all business expenses <laughs> oh right my question for you so, is oh, go ahead scott yeah. did you ever get challenged on that not yet okay we'll see well, no, my question was do you ever get like is there ever a day where you're, you and matthew are just like do we have to have sex again like <laughs> oh, Actually, there's so yeah. many yeah, because at yeah. some point it becomes work, right? And yep. you're like, hey, look, we got a new toy. And at first it's like, yay. And then you get five in a day and you're like, ah, oh, we have to 
try all of these. Well, so here's the thing is that when, before we started, like I had a handful of toys that mm-hmm. I that worked for me and I was like, yeah, this, this is my jam. And then it was always like, oh, I'd love to get all these new ones that has like the spinning thing and it like sings a song. How cool would that be? It's like yeah. a Japanese toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> it like warms and vibrates yeah. and sings. It syncs up to your iPod and da, 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 da. And, but you know, they're, they're out of our financial means. Right. And then suddenly they were just being sent to us for yeah. free. Sure. Toys that cost hundreds of dollars. And it was like, yay, Christmas. But then it turns out you don't need those fancy toys. Like a a good solid vibrator, such as the Doxy or the Hitachi Mm -hmm. Magic Wand or the Mystic Wand. Like you get one solid vibrator. You get a solid, uh, like a butt toy. The Enjoy Pure Plugs are really nice. You get a nice dildo. Uh, I Like, oh, who's... I forget their name. Vixen. Vixen Creations has really lovely silicone consistency for their dildos. They're just lovely. And you have a cock ring and uh, a masturbation sleeve for penises, like a fleshlight or something. And you're done. You don't yeah. need anything else. You don't need all this fancy stuff. So Matt and I, like, we're three years in. And every time we get a fancy one, it's like Matt and I already know what's going to work for us and what's not. Just based mm-hmm. on, like, our years of experience using toys and the fancy ones, like... We get them and it's like, okay, well, we're, we're going to have sex with this. And we already know that it's, 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 it's just not going to work out. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear something? Horrible. You want to hear something crazy? What? Your readers, your readers know you won't like it before the review's over. Yeah. <laughs> like I catch myself reading you going, I just got sent this. And I'm like, and you start to describe it. And I'm like, oh, Erica, you're not going to like that. <laughs> It's not going to work for you, Erica. I I have read enough of your reviews. (laughs) I know what your clit needs. (laughs) That ain't going to cut it. That's another thing. Even the toys that I don't like, I try very specifically to be like, this doesn't work for me. For yeah. I notice you do that. This probably will work for somebody else. And I've had people say, oh, this toy that you absolutely did not like, from the way you described it, I knew that I would love it because like in my comic, I always talk about like, I like big rumbly vibrations that cover the entire vulva. And this one toy I got was just so specific. And it was like this little laser beam right on the clit. And that's not for me. And this person was like, oh, that's my jam. That's what I love. And so they bought the toy. (laughs) Have you ever thought about, I know you have guest comics. Have you ever thought about having guest reviewers? We have had guest reviewers. Yeah, Um, But um, for the flow of the comic, we've, it just works better if I'm the one who sticks to reviews. I mean, if somebody wants to do a review, we're not going to slap it out of their hand or yeah, anything. Yeah. But um, we, Matt and I have kind of figured out the formula for how to do the review and then have the links in the bottom to really mm-hmm. sell it. Mm-hmm. So when I do a review comic, we sell that toy. Yeah. When a guest person does a review comic, we don't sell the toy. Right. Yeah. They, there's a certain implicit trust in you and Matthew's review. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh-huh. And and most people, for some reason, most people don't want to talk about masturbating on the internet. I don't. I don't understand what? why. Really? <laughs> they, they feel shy about it. <laughs> Is that the one thing that you can't sell? Like, if you do a masturbation review, it's just not going to go down. Oh no no! I mean, people are too embarrassed to do reviews of toys because uh, they don't want to talk. Right. No, I've I've done comics about masturbating. Mm. Yeah. No, I no, did no. it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Working on a guest comic for me. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I gotta tell the you, bad Scott. guy masturbate comics and gonna do it for your readers. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe a small subsection of your. Well, no, actually, Maybe. like speaking honestly, that would be a great comic because mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who have body issues because they're bigger and and they really really appreciate seeing larger people being sexual at yeah. all in in a yeah. you know in comics and so. For reals, mm-hmm. if you ever want to do a comic about that, like it has a place on it on Ojoy Sex Toy, and it would mean a lot to a lot of people. <laughs> Moving on, I think I think a masturbating comic is the only thing I can get away with. Yeah, because it would always be you <laughs> and Angie, no matter what, no yeah, matter what. About, I can't talk about sex without involving my wife. Yeah, right. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> without without her expressed permission <laughs> to talk about something, then inevitably, yeah. It's going to be about her. Yeah, you know, I got to give a I, shout out to my husband for being cool about all of this. Right. Because um, people are always like, oh, how does he feel about you exposing this stuff? He's in the comic. Yeah. Well, it's like, I don't do this behind his back. Yeah. He's he's always, yeah. like, even from the Dar days, I never revealed anything that I didn't no. have his permission to he do. He's an he's, active participant. He is very much, like, he he co-wrote a lot of Dar. Mm-hmm. He co-writes, he actively co-writes the story. Ojoy sex toy, and, and he does all your business one. stuff too, right? Yeah, and he he's cool talking about using his wang on things. Like I don't know, he's a real cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had a husband like that. Oh man, he's. I haven't tried any of. I haven't tried any of his sleeves yet. You don't have to. I want to, but what stops me is I go, I got to try one of these masturbation sleeves because that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> and then and then it's like, then I can also do the thing. I can reverse the on Angie when you're like, when you catch the vibrators move and you're like, I'm sorry. Did you have fun without me? Like, yeah, uh, sorry. So I can like leave it out and be like, well, guess what? <laughs> but every time, what stops me is I always go, oh god, then I gotta fucking stick lube in it, and then I gotta clean it up. There's so much cleanup. Uh, no, they're, they're actually really easy to clean. It's it's not a big deal at all. Really? Yeah. In That's fact, always my hang up with sleeves. It's like I just that's so much work. Because ah, afterward, really, you don't want to do anything. You just flip them inside out, is all, and you run them underwater. Like sometimes Matt will leave his toy out by the dishes, and I'll just wash it when I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> Yes, I am ordering one now, and I am just going to leave it in the sink. No, Matt and I are so desensitized to this stuff, so we will just have sex toys, whether they've been used or not, like Mm -hmm. they're waiting to be used, and we'll leave them around the house, and then guests come over, and it doesn't even occur to us until later, they're like, hey, so there is a giant dildo in the bathroom, it's like, oh right, God, I hope we cleaned that. (laughs) Oh right, that should be in the foyer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sorry I about keep that. That's Matthew kind of a faux put things pas. Back where they belong. God damn it! That's do you a, think, uh, do you think that being desensitized to that stuff is a bad thing? Wait, sorry, what? Do, do you, you think just... being desensitized to that stuff is a bad thing? Uh, well, I mean, socially, yes. I I wind up saying things that are incredibly inappropriate in public. But are they only inappropriate now because more people aren't? Because people haven't caught up to where you are? I guess I'm asking you like a weird. I get rhetorical okay. future. Matt's in my comfort with mm-hmm. our sex life and sex toys and our job is at a level where we are both very comfortable. It's very natural. Right. It's it's like I don't know. It's talking about going to get the groceries. It's not yeah. a big deal, and um and and also that goes for like it's not like we're sex crazy. I mean I know it looks like that because of the the work that we're doing, 
but we we actually we have sex the exact average amount as the average American. Right. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like we're always going at it. And there are times when I lose my desire for sex and there'll be maybe like a month or more. It's just like, you know, I just I'm not feeling it. And he'll go through the same thing where he's just like, God, you know, I'm, I, I don't really I don't have a desire for sex and it's OK. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I worry about Ojoy just presenting this image of like we're these nymphomaniacs. We do it every day because we don't. We're <laughs> yeah. actually You're really normal out. people. <laughs> we just talk about it more than other people. So I mean, so our comfort with our sex life is exactly where I want it to be, but that desensitization leads for awkward, inappropriate situations when I'm out amongst other people that I am not married <laughs> to. I equate it with me to uh, I can get into a place where I'm cursing a lot. Yeah. And I've been in situations where when my first F-bomb drops, I see the reaction of certain people and go, nope, wrong situation. Yep. And I got to yeah. rein it all back yep. in and Like turn that it off. first weekend you came home from college <laughs> and you were still talking college talk and you were at mom's kitchen table. But yeah. I, no, if you think that if you think that you've got uh, uh, awkward uh, situations at home, just wait till you've got kids. Nope. Uh, because <laughs> I've got a very there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But, Sorry, uh, go on. But but uh, I, I, I do a lot of work at home and mm. I've got to be very careful what I've got up on the screen when one of the kids come in with a math problem, you know, <laughs> I give me a, and I, and, and, and you, you've got to be, you've got to think ahead when you're doing this shit because the whole command W to shut down does you no good. If underneath that is a full Google image search of shaved vulvas. <laughs> You know, and 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 my and I've got a I've got one son who's thirteen, mm-hmm. and he's getting right into that area. Yes. But and 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 we're trying we try to be very you know open and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and 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 accept. But but he is the little. You remember the 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 cat from the Sylvester's the cat on Looney Tunes? He had a son. In my, my whenever we yeah. broach the subject, he becomes that, and he's done this to like even before the Patreon when he would see me draw. A woman with a lot of cleavage, you know, the, the back of the hand would hit the forehead. And he'd be like, "Oh, father, why must you? I'll have to wear a bag over my head again today." I see. You know, it's like he's really upset, and I'm like, "It's just cleat. It's just cleavage. It's okay. This is this is okay stuff. This, this is part of life." Uh, and and he, he just he he he's as more it, it, we we we've bent over backwards not to bring the Catholic into this thing, oh. and and he's still getting that same kind of mortification. Oh. I, I I don't know whether it's in the blood or what, but but yeah, I have to be very very careful about what I what I've got up on the screen when the kids walk in because the Command W doesn't always do the trick. Two things, one. Scarletine has a book and I really, really recommend it. And uh, I, I, if you just bought that and had that in the house and he ever had, you know, secret questions, because he's obviously too embarrassed to talk about mm-hmm. that stuff publicly. But like, that is a fantastic resource. It's called S-E-X with little periods after each letter. And it's the, oh God, it, it's got a subtitle and it's written by Heather Karina. It's just fantastic. And it's four teens. Second thing, I work at Periscope Studio. And I have, like, 
when I do, I, I watch the porn at home with my husband, but when I'm doing a comic that reviews the porn, I need to like go back and take screen captures. Right. And so I just have incredibly graphic sex on my screen all the time. And I don't think of it like that. I just, it's, it's, it's drawing reference. Right, right. And yeah. I, I, every now and then I come out of my bubble and I realize like, oh, this probably makes everybody else really uncomfortable. And fortunately, <laughs> like, it's kind of a running joke in Periscope now, but I, I am sensitive. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do about it because, like, I do need to do this to get my comic done, but I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. No. So. You know what, though? You're not, you're not unique in that because I can tell you <laughs> that almost every day I will Google image search something for reference and then, and then immediately it'll hit me what this looks like to someone who doesn't realize I'm trying to draw a comic. And it's like, well, today's the day the FBI busts in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yesterday, yesterday it was um, little girl taking off coat. And I'm oh, like, dear. Well, because I, I know I, I could picture my knees taking her coat off. Mm-hmm. Like the way that you know, the way they kind of try to slide out of it. And I wanted to show that in the comic. Oh, yeah. No, I see where you're coming from. But yeah, that does not look good, my friend. No. And then it's like, (laughs) I went, oh, geez. And and Eric was like, what? And I go, I know that to me, I'm like, okay, I need to draw a little girl taking her coat off. So I'm image Google searches. A uh, little girl taking off coat, but to the FBI, it's little girl taking off her coat slowly, slowly. A little girl in dresses. <laughs> and so, it's it's like, all right, well, Angie will bail me out of jail, <laughs> or she'll leave you there. Well, and also because I try to have a really, really diverse representation of bodies in the comic, I need to look up drawing reference for what these Mm -hmm. different people look like. And Mm -hmm. in order to find a great variety of people, I have to wind up using terms that are not perhaps the most savory. Right. And so I'm I'm typing in these search terms and I'm like, oh, God, please don't anybody check this and think I'm a racist or something. (laughs) Because, like, I I just, I want (laughs) to, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're like big black butts and it's in you getting this big search for Yeah, and then you're thinking, oh, God, if anybody ever looks at my search Mm -hmm. history. Yep. Yep. Love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Can I I end with a story? Yes. Please do. So we mentioned earlier that uh, Brad was trying to kind of channel Dean Yagel. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a Dean Yagel story, and it's important. It's important okay. to anyone. It's just good for the industry. So Dean Yagel had a booth right next to Dave and Kellett and Brad Geiger's booth <laughs> oh, I, in San Diego. I am such a douchebag in this story. I'm just going to preface it. No, 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 no. You're fine. So mm-hmm. I don't know all the details, but I know Dean got really upset at one point that their sign was big and they they basically had an argument with dean yagel who's i don't know like 80 fuck years old and and just he's just a really old guy and he's just got this little booth set up next to you know our big web comic big banner brings people in thing and it was kind of he felt like it was overpowering his booth and he was not happy about it but but uh, so at some point, I don't know if it was that same year or the next year, but Dean Yeagle got taken out of there on a gurney. <laughs> yes. He had a heart uh, uh, or a chest pains. He was having he something like that. Pains. He had some kind of an incident. He went from being the angry old guy that was pissed about 
Dave and Brad's booth to being wheeled out on a gurney. And everyone mm. is seeing this and going, oh, God, Jesus, I hope this isn't the year that we all remember is the year Dean Yeagle died. And then <laughs> Kellett goes, I wonder if we can get his booth. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all like, Jesus, Kellett. <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't want anything to happen to him, but if it does. <laughs> so... Guys, if you hear that Dean Yeagle died, <laughs> I would look at Dave Kelly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's my really God. hard to expand. <laughs> it ain't easy it's to get more Diego. boot space. Can't get extra boot space. It's not a thing. No, kill somebody but it was just funny because we were all like, oh, God, please don't let this be the year that that Dean Yeagle died after we got into a yelling match with him. Oh. And then Kellett's like, yeah, but I mean, then his booth would be. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, and we were he and I were nose to nose at one day and, and I was really in the wrong. Uh, and, oh, shut and up, Brad. No, you uh, yeah, was. But we, we were really having a heated, heated argument. <laughs> and just a little bit later, he stretched out, and it's like, oh, no. Oh, Good no. Brad. You killed Dean Yeagle. Brad I, kill, I killed the creator of the Honey Nut Cheerios B. <laughs> God, I can't imagine if one of my comics heroes got into a, a heated nose-to-nose argument with me. I think I would just, like, cry forever. <laughs> Not if they died and you got their booth. Oh, God. Brad Geiger and Dave Kellett almost put Dean Yeagle in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> we made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, if you're listening, go to ojoysextoy.com. Read the whole thing. You'll feel good about it. We also mentioned um, Scarlet Teen, which is a great resource mm-hmm. for uh, any kind of information. If you're confused or want to have a sexual revolution uh, in your 30s or 40s, uh, <laughs> which means you were born before the internet existed like the rest of us. Um, yeah, it's just I highly recommend it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you got to come back. I, I will. And depending on when this goes up, I do have a book signing coming up in San Francisco. It's going to go up either today or tomorrow. So oh, tell us shit. Book All right. So February 12th at mm-hmm. Good Vibrations on Polk Street. I'm having a book signing from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And I've got a special deal where if you buy any sex toy that's worth at least $10, I, uh, you're going to get a free, exclusive, signed print that I made just for the event. That's and that's awesome. only to the wow. first 50 people. And that's in nice. San Francisco? San Francisco, California. Tell us the name of the shop again. Nice. Good Vibrations. On February 12th. February 12th. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, so good to have you. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Erica. This was great. Oh, all you guys are great. We are great. (laughs) Best. Hey, everybody's great. (laughs) Cue the 30-minute outro. (laughs) You're the worst, Scott Kurtz. (laughs) We're done. Okay. On behalf of myself, Brad Geiger, and Scott Kurtz, thank you again to Erica Moen for joining us today. She's an amazing guest. We can't wait to have her back. And thank you for listening. 
Remember, Surviving Creativity is made possible by listeners like you. So if you like what you heard, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and please consider becoming a patron. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next week on another episode of Surviving Creativity.